This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. Curry, way downtown. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! You don't like that? You don't like NBA basketball! 360. Oh, hit him with the sauce. Got it! And one! Fires a long one. Nothing but net. another episode of All Nat, brought to you by OTS. I am your host, Natalie, but most people call me Nat. And this is the second episode in a special two-part edition of All Nat, focusing on the Golden State Warriors and the Phoenix Suns, the two hottest teams in the NBA. Some might say they are the two best teams in the NBA. They are certainly the teams with the two best records in the NBA, and they match up twice this week in what will likely be the two most highly anticipated games of the NBA season to this point. If you haven't looked at part one yet, you definitely want to go back and check it out. I am joined by Phoenix Suns fan Jeremiah, and he knows everything you need to know about the Phoenix Suns, and he helps me to break down what to expect out of this matchup when these teams meet up twice in one week um, and what's going to be two very exciting games. I know it. So definitely, like I said, if you haven't viewed part one, you want to go back and check it out. The title of this episode is called Top Two for obvious reasons. We get into the matchup. We break down who's going to be on who, X's and O's, what you'll probably see. And then um, in this second episode, we're going to get into just the likely ceilings for both of these teams. Will one of them make it out the West, get to the NBA Finals, and all of that good stuff. So again, go watch part one. If you've already watched part one, then tune in now to part two. It's going to pick up right where part one left off. Enjoy. By the end of the season, your assessment was basically essentially in a way agreeing with us that like if the Warriors just did a couple of things differently or had different pieces, they probably could have been a much better team. So we really weren't that crazy last season in our thought process. Now the team, they were on a 60 win win pace, right? You, You told me that, right? Right. At the end of the season. But yet somehow you think like they're winning right now and it's bullshit. I, I don't understand. I didn't say it's bullshit. No, hear me out. Let me I, I guess <laughs> let me clarify. It's not bullshit. I just don't think they're unbeatable. Like 18 and 2, like I told you, is like that seven, 16 and 1 team. Like that's that kind of record. I don't think they're 18 and 2 pace over the playoffs. I think they can drop a couple games here and there. And I think they some matchups like 
like I want to see you guys and I want to see us against Milwaukee and against Miami. Those are the only two teams I'm worried about out East until Kyrie comes back. So I feel like you guys can't be beat by anybody but us and vice versa. And in the, in the, in the East, there's a couple teams that can beat us three teams. If Kyrie comes back. So that's how I see it. So 18 and two to me is clear of the league. I don't think you guys are clear of the league. Is that not fair? I mean, the record wouldn't suggest that. And they have Clay coming back. So you guys think you're clear of the league. Do you think that? <laughs> I think that Clay is coming back to a team that's 18 and 2. That's what I think. Yeah, but you don't believe you're clear of the league. You think No, it's 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 not that. It's that I don't like to disrespect any team. I respect all people as opponents. So you're never going to hear me speak like that. It's just not my thing. But do I think that we are the best team in the league? Yes. And do I think that we're the best team in the league right now? Yes. And I think that you're adding Clay Thompson to the best team in the league. I would have to put the Heat and the Suns a little bit lower. First of all, I mean, I'm not like super high on Milwaukee. I'm only high and not even high. I only believe in the Nets if Kyrie comes back because I, I actually didn't think that they needed Kyrie to still go to the finals. Neither. But if if Harden is not going to play like an MVP level player, then they absolutely need Kyrie, right? And so either two, one or one of two things has to happen or both. Harden has to re- return to form, which I don't know, doesn't seem like it's going to happen or they have to get Kyrie back, right? If both happen, then they're pretty legit. That's the only team. The Bucks, you know, I'm another one with, you know, the way that they they won and got there. I know people feel like that's the same shit people did to the Warriors. Oh, well, I don't care. I'm just not, I'm not like a super believer in like the Bucks dominated the Phoenix Suns. Ooh, okay. Like I'm just not, oh, I'm just not overly impressed. I'm sorry. But Giannis is a great player. What he did was impressive. I'm not taking that away from him, but I didn't see him play the Nets and feel like he just dominated KD and embarrassed him or anything like that. You know what I mean? So that that's yeah, I'm with that's you. how that's how I, I feel about, about the it. Bucks, the Bucks are the difference is like even this year, they're undefeated when all three of their guys play. And it's like I said about the uh, Warriors in 2015. I think they know they can do it now. So I think there's a different level of confidence with them. Like, especially with uh, Middleton, who I think he needed it a little more. And then Drew is a championship player. And then Giannis got that monkey off his back. I feel like it's a little different. And they're re- when the three of them have been together this year, they've been really good, like crazy good. So I, I think the Nets are worse because Harden isn't that guy anymore. Even if Kyrie comes back, I think there's some chemistry issues that are going to be there, but that's probably more wishful thinking than anything. And then Miami, it just matches up well. Like defensively, they just, they got everything. So I feel like- If you don't have the guy, I'm always a little lower on them. Sorry, I just believe one of those guys. So- I'm definitely with you on that, but- uh, I don't know. They, I feel like they, if they shut down, Miami can shut down Giannis. 
I do. I believe that too. And that's the difference. Like I'm in agreement that I think that there's still a way to limit Giannis, right? I don't, and granted that way might be with a wall, right? I don't think anyone's doing it one-on-one, but what I'm saying is with Steph, when you throw traps at him, he has his answer to that now. Like you're not just throwing a trap at him and he's getting like flustered and nothing's happening. He has his counter to that. I don't, haven't seen what Giannis's counter yet is right and so that's my thing he's been hitting he's gotten better as a passer so he's hitting a lot of those skip passes um every time whoever collapses on him he's finding the right guy who's finding the guy who's gonna find the guy so i think he's gotten better as a passer this year and he's not attacking as much on the ball like at the top of the key and just ramming into the defense i think he's different ways to get into the paint so i think that's the difference with him this year and i think just the difference is drew like Brett Bledsoe was a terrible difference like to me between last the last couple years agreed here's my theory though here's my theory about if like the Warriors match up with the Bucks right I think that they need Drew to also be good offensively to win that series and if Drew is chasing around Steph all game that's going to affect him on the offensive end and I think Drew is who they would put on Steph and Drew has yet to proven to be like an effective defender on Steph. And so it's kind of like the way I look at like what, yes, the Bucks are a much better team. But when Nurse put, you know, Fred Van Vliet on Steph all night the other night, aside from the fact that they have the personnel, personnel now to make um, Toronto like pay for that, yeah. it, took, it took Fred Van Vliet out of the game. Like, yeah. he never got an offensive game going. He was struggling. He wasn't in rhythm. He was gassed. He was tired. If Drew is able to give some defense on Steph and still be good for the Bucks offensively, then I think they're a real threat. I just, he has to show me that. I don't believe he can do it. Yeah, I mean, if, again, if if you guys have Clay, I would pick y'all. Like, that's the easy favors. I think you match up with everybody, including Miami. Miami, you're right. They don't have that guy. I'm not that big on Butler as most people. He's been yeah. an MVP candidate this year, but to me, he's still a tier two, tier three type of player. Yep. And then they're relying on Tyler Hero off the bench. Bam has regressed. He's still great defensively, but something's off about him this year. And Kyle has been inconsistent a lot of this, year. this year. By the way, a lot of people are down this year. So who knows? Separating so think, the men from the boys. Separating yeah, the men different. from it's the boys. It's funny because, like, I was thinking about that, the way Dame and uh, uh, Tatum and all of them look. Like, the, the top five versus everybody else has widened. So if you're not one of those dudes, you're definitely getting the finals. You're getting at least to the Western Conference finals. And then from there, we'll see what happens. If Steph has Clay by his side, I don't see anyone beating him, even the Suns. I just think that's too much. Um, if Miami had, like, a top five guy, maybe. Right. But right now, you guys are just the favorites. It's just, it is what it is until Kyrie comes back and we see what that looks like. But other than them, yeah, you guys are the favorites with Clay. There's no doubt. I'm at the point now where I want a, a Suns Warriors Western Conference Finals. I picked I that Western Conference. I said it preseason. 
I called it. I thought it I thought it would be the Lakers, honestly, and I don't really care who it is. I want to play both of y'all, but um there's a part of me that wants to play the, the Utah Jazz too, just to like fucking clown no. them, but no. there's no there's no point that we're gonna get to them because it's gonna they're gonna be too highly seasoned. So I shouldn't say get to them, but it'll either be like we'll see, we'll probably see two of those three teams, but not all three. You can see um, the players in the first round if they if they keep this up, if they stay around the play-in, you know, uh, bracket level, uh, they could make the play-in. You could see in the first round, and you could see us in the third, and then see I don't know either the Clippers or Utah in the second. Who knows? But yeah, I don't know. I mean, to- whatever. Anyway, I just I I would like to see the Suns because, like I said, y'all well, have gotten we'll a little cocky. Any other, you're gonna see us. I promise you that. <laughs> so. But I, I still want, like, all due respect to Giannis, love to play him at some time, but I want the fucking Nets in the finals, so. Kyrie? I don't care what version of them it is. I want Steph versus Katie. That's what I fucking want. That's yeah. the finals that I want. Oh, too bad. We're going to spoil that. We're going to spoil all that. It's going to be Suns versus some, I don't know. You just shit. said if Clay comes back with a favorite. Like, have favorites I is not unbeatable. Favorites is not unbeatable. Have I missed the news that Clay is not coming back? Favorites and unbeatable are two different things. It's not a guarantee you're going to make it. Okay? That's all I'm saying. I would never pick. Man, I'm, I'm beyond my sons. We're going to make it to the finals. I'm so pissed we didn't win last year. I'm so pissed. I'm still pissed. Well, yeah, I mean, look, I could never cheer for you guys with Chris Paul on the team. You get rid of that 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 guy, and I could. But until then, <laughs> I will always root against you guys. And it's it's a shame because I like the team a lot outside of them. It kinda, but- you know what's funny? It kind of sucks because I, I, I know how everyone else felt from 2015 to, like, 2019. You're like, man, like, how can we beat this fucking team, man? You know what I mean? Like, you guys... You're you're this good, and your your other your second player is just about to come. It was like back then. Now I know how they felt. They're like, man, KD ruined the league because it's <laughs> how are we gonna beat y'all. So even me thinking about how we can beat a team with Clay is crazy. That's why we need like Kawhi back. We need uh, mm-hmm. Kyrie back because. It's, but now you want the war. I would think that if the out. Suns don't make it, you would want the Warriors to win. Steph is your guy. No, he's not my guy with the Suns. No, I said if the Suns don't make it, I would yeah. think that you'd want the Warriors to win. No, I have no issue with them beating everybody else. It's just that. Right, that's what I'm saying. So then why do you care about Kawhi? Oh, you want these guys to eliminate them so you guys don't have to deal with them. I'm saying I don't think, I think the league has no chance unless those dudes come back. Because I feel like it's going to be, if Clay comes back himself, which I think he will, I don't think it's going to be a 90 or 83% Clay. I think it's going to be Clay. If he comes back, it's a wrap. You do? What's your reason for thinking that? Because from his history, the way he comes back, and then in general, other people who come back, they look great. But Clay himself, the way he, the way he's always come back with injuries, even in game during injuries, like over over since I've watched the Warriors, he's always come back himself. Nothing ever. So this is an Achilles, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I agree oh, yeah. with you. I, but... I'm not a doctor, so I am totally spitballing right now. So, but I just think that Clay himself. From his history, I think he's just going to come back and bounce right back. 
I think everything, anything he's going to struggle with is going to be rhythm dependent, right? Just in terms of timing with the sets. But in terms of his play, offensively, he's going to be himself. He's going to be lights out. So okay. I, I'm worried because I'm like, I don't think we got a shot against you guys with Clay. I just think, I don't think anybody does except like, like they're not I, unbeatable. I don't know what you're arguing. I just feel like you're saying things to say things to be contrarian. I am. I am going in and out of character. Okay, so you got to keep up. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I, this is the Suns. Now, this is not a Suns fan talking. This is just the NBA dude. It's 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 scary to see that team that good without that dude coming back. But. From a Suns fan perspective, I think that we could do some things, you know? <laughs> we could do some things. Okay, well, you you claim to me that some things are going to happen in the games this week. What Tuesday, day do we play? We Tuesday win. or Wednesday? And we, we play Tuesday, and then we play again Friday. Is that right? Uh, let me check. I actually don't know. I know, I know. All I know is that I'm going to Christmas. That's all that matters. Oh, Lakers about to win. Damn it. I don't like NBA Lakers, the Lakers win. So we play it Tuesday and then Friday, yep. Mm-hmm. So we got and what the points. Friday, the Friday game is in Golden State, right? So All it's right. the Tuesday. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So we will see what happens. See? Let's just do let's let's go into like take you out of Suns mode and let's just go into regular objective NBA mode, okay? So you, coming into the season, you said you were never really high on the Lakers, and so and you also said some, something interesting. You said like the Warriors in preseason they were just clicking, and like how did you feel about everyone just like dismissing? Because by the way, like I didn't like the way that people were dismissing preseason. And the Suns have sort of escaped this. The Warriors didn't, though, because when they were winning, there was, like, a heavy focus on our schedule. And no one really said anything about y'all. Y'all have just kind of, like, flown under the radar. But in general, I mean, some would make the argument that you guys probably aren't getting enough credit for, like, winning so many games in a row and being second right behind Golden State. But I don't think people really kind of cared about you guys that much, right? Right. But with the Warriors and I would say the Bulls, those are probably the two teams I noticed it with. Like people just kept emphasizing, oh, their schedule. They haven't played anyone real. When we were like good in the post in the preseason, it was dismissed. But when the Lakers weren't, it was like, oh, it's just preseason. You know, um I don't think that you can just overlook those things. I'm not saying that the champion is determined in preseason, but I do think there are some things you can glean from the preseason, little things. And I feel like it just went to like the extreme of like, oh, it doesn't matter. But I feel like that is always tied to like LeBron teams when they're not doing well, right? Like if they're not doing well, it's preseason or it's regular season or it's early or this doesn't matter. You know, the thing about a team like, Huh? Or injuries, like they're waiting right. for Ariza and, and somebody else. It's the like the thing about a team like the Lakers, right? They are supposed to have another one of those guys in Anthony Davis. And they can't win a fucking game without LeBron James. And then even when he does play, they have to go into like double overtime against teams that they should be able to beat. And so I'm curious about like Anthony Davis, like 
if he continues to play like this, like, are we still considering him a top 10 guy? I mean, man, I was high on, I probably was higher on AD than most people. Cause I was, yeah, cause you moved him into the top five. I remember that. Oh yeah. I had him, I had him as the, uh, man, probably the best big in the You league. had him over Giannis. I had him over every big in, in 20, after they won the championship. Cause I got tricked by the bubble, the bubble stats. I got tricked like a lot of people did. And then he just looks different. I mean, we saw the New Orleans version AD. It's not this guy. He he was better in before he got traded to LA. So it, I don't I don't know what's really going on with him. I don't know. It's because he's not completely back. Maybe he. Some people have suggested he bulked up too much. Maybe it's the Russ effect because I always believe like sometimes Russ rubs some people off the wrong way because he takes so many possessions. So I don't know what's going on with AD, but I don't think this guy is who was there a couple years ago because even when he wasn't making the playoffs, he looked way better than this individually, right? He looked way better in New Orleans, but I still way overrated him. Like, I think the people who were for him, we all did it. We all have to just admit it. Like, he's just not as good as we thought. He's not a good initiator. Uh, It's not that great of a playmaker, he really is a great finisher. That's what he does. He finishes plays. He has to be set up. You have to set the table for him, and then he's going to eat. That's what he does. He's kind of an old-school big. Yeah. So Which you, is fine. There's nothing wrong with that. But in today's NBA, the fact that you have players like Joker. Yeah, it takes him down a tier. Because yeah, like people like Giannis and Bede, uh, the Embiid, Joker, yep. way better uh, at creating for their own team, creating for themselves. Uh, getting to the free throw line, not always injured or looking like they're injured. Like, like AD does that, like, Paul Pierce thing where he looks hurt every damn time. It's so <sighs> – I don't get why he does that. So right. he's, he's having a tough season. But I think, again, my whole thing was they brought in Russ and they got rid of Caruso and KCP. I didn't get that. It was a wrap after that. Like, I don't even have to break anything down. I don't have to go X and those like they do every week <laughs> with the Lakers pod. It's it's really just they brought in Russ, and Russ monopolizes possessions. He For him to be effective, he needs 100 possessions. 10 of them, he's going to be bad. Another 10, he's going to break, right? Another 10, he's going to turn over the ball. And then every once in a while, he's going to throw a good dime and make a layup. And you're like, yes, that's the Russ we want. But then you have to look at every other possession that he's taking away from better uh, decision makers like LeBron. It made no sense why they got him. Zero. There was no reason to get Russ. There's no reason to get rid of Caruso. So I knew the Lakers were done the preseason. You could see it, but I knew it before the preseason. The Warriors, I knew because the, they looked bad a couple years ago. When I was, te- I was talking to you, I remember that. And they look terrible. And I was like, yo, they're not going to be good now. And you're like, I believe in my team. <laughs> and they turned out trash, just like the preseason. You can see it. And like was this? The, when Steph got hurt, the, the hand, when he broke his hand. Like, they oh. were getting bludgeoned in the first games, even when he was in there. And you could see it. It's, it's not really about the results. You're not looking for, like, preseason wins. You're just looking for habits, right? You're looking at the process. Yeah, I still... You can tell I, the difference. You can tell yeah, the difference. I mean, I don't, I don't think... I think that's a little different grading a team that's, like, brand new together, lost some pieces, 
versus a team at the Lakers that still, while they had new pieces, still had like LeBron James, Anthony Davis. Now, granted, they those players weren't playing in the in the preseason, but I don't I don't think that's the same. Like I didn't think the Warriors were gonna be that year when Steph broke his hand and was out. I didn't think the Warriors were gonna be a contending team. Um, I don't think that the way that they started was how they were going to finish the season. I mean, even last year, they they got blown out the first couple of games. Right, but and, there was something different last year is what I'm saying is I saw something But people before. didn't notice that in the beginning of the season. I mean, let's, they, let's just speak to me here. Let's speak to me because I, I okay. can't speak for everyone. So I, I saw something different in last preseason than I did because of Oubre. They brought in Oubre, and I think they brought in some other dudes that they got rid of. But I felt like at least they could hold up against – uh, some of the bigger teams. I, you guys were getting killed in every way in 2019. Right, but you got to remember in that year, like they brought in D'Lo and they were going to change him. So like they were going to have like roster stuff happening throughout that whole season. So it's hard to really say. But once his hand got broken, it was like... By the time they would have gotten rid of D'Lo, you guys would have been... I just, I didn't think you guys were going to be a good team that year. I actually think... Um, D'Lo getting traded to Wiggins was like the best thing because that's what really changed. But that was going to happen regardless. I mean, I don't know that it was going to over Way later in the season, Wiggins. though, like halfway through the season. Right, but what I'm saying is it how soon or when things happen, I think we're all like affected by like Steph's timeline. Like it might have been sooner. It might like, I don't know what was going to happen, but my uh, point is that, like, I don't, I don't think that they ever would have been like this team that was like a, you know, a bottom feeder team, like only having like a few wins is what I'm saying. I think Steph Curry would have been enough to still buy them wins, and even if they would have been like on maybe, the out, maybe the tenth seed. Is that what you're saying? Maybe that. Yeah, I think they could have been on the outside looking in, and you could have still had a situation where they like there wasn't a play-in game, but they that was also the season. Wasn't that the season like they had the bubble? Yeah, it was. Right. So there there was just so much stuff. So I, I don't look too much into that season. I just don't believe if you have and to me that's that's the credit I give a player like Ron or Katie or any of those guys. I don't think if you have one of those players that you're ever really gonna be like completely out of it. I'm not saying that you're gonna be a contender automatically, but I do think like his greatness is enough to lift you to like you're gonna be like, you know, right there on the, the outskirts just, looking I, at. I guess it's just, even on the outskirts, I mean, if you're below eighth, uh, that's kind of how I see it. You're just not a good team. I guess I feel like the way that they were, the way that they were last year, how they finished as eight, well, they ended up not making it, but the way that they were in the eighth spot and finished, but we know that they were really more like a a, a fourth seed or a little higher fifth seed, I guess is what I'm saying. We know that where they finish is not what they really are. I guess what I'm saying is I would have actually expected them to probably be like maybe an eight seed that that year. Huh? I do. Yeah. Yeah. See, that's, I, I didn't see that at all. I thought yeah, I thought I it was solidly in the, in the, in the lottery. Like, again, the team I saw in that preseason was different than the one I saw last year. And, the, and then this year I saw an amazing team, a team that again was clicking all cylinders. I didn't see 18 and two. I saw like, yeah, they're going to be top four easy. So, I mean, they play and they play both sides. Well, if I felt like Steph had less uh, to carry, it just looked like he was just kind of chilling, waiting for his spots and then taking over when he needs to, which by the way, I love the new rotation, by the way, I absolutely love it. 
the the I when he that. starts <laughs> he starts and then rests in the middle. So he's starting that. every quarter and finishing every quarter. Brilliant. It's it's That's perfect. Not, That's why he's going choppy. off. Why do you think he's going off in the fourth? It's because he cannot. He gets to start it and get a feel for it. That's the fourth, but it's affecting him throughout other parts of the game. I mean, we'll see. I know they bad keep, though. He's not playing bad in the other parts. I know if they keep winning, it's gonna stay. But I don't like it. It's very <laughs> choppy. It's not. I it's think perfect. that they, it makes complete sense because he's starting and ending every quarter. Yes, but that doesn't mean that the way that they're achieving that is making sense. It doesn't mean that there's not another way to get to it. Like, it's I do want way. him. I want him. There's lots of ways. Like, there's one. This is one way that they try. There's also just maybe limiting, like, his second quarter minutes and not having him play a smaller amount of time in the second quarter. Because the main thing is, is Kerr's just trying to get to him not playing, like, a certain amount of minutes over. It doesn't have to be that I take him out. Because there's been plenty of times, like, in the first, in the third, like, tonight versus the Clippers. Like, I think they blow that game wide open in the third if Curry never goes to the bench, right? And then you're not even in the fourth quarter. So, like, there are times that, like, the fact that he played a certain amount of minutes, when he was needed to come in in the fourth quarter, Kerr doesn't bring him in because he's worried about minutes but there's also a lot of times that they just ended games in the third quarter because he played them so there's a trade-off you know so that's what i'm saying i i I think i see that too i think uh, from what i've watched they've increased leads because he's uh when he started the third quarter he does his thing they increase the lead and then when he goes to rest they keep increasing it and then he comes back and he just closes it out in the first few minutes of the fourth quarter. And then that doesn't happen every game. Like tonight that didn't happen. Of course it doesn't happen every game, but, but for the last five minutes he's resting. So I feel like I like it because he was struggling in the fourth quarter, the first, like, I don't know, six games of the season. When they changed it, I felt like he just, it just clicked. But I don't think that has anything to do with the rotation because he struggles in the beginning of the season every year. Like, that's a common thing. When he he changed, he went supernova in the fourth. Like, once they changed the rotation, he's What I'm saying is, but you're attributing that. What I'm saying is you're attributing that to the rotation versus him just getting into rhythm for the season, which happens every year. Why are you not attributing it to the rotation? It has Because every year he starts off slow and he's Uh, like that. They do. (laughs) Many people have pulled the numbers, so they're out there. You can go look them up. He starts slow percentage-wise. I'm talking about fourth quarter specifically. I don't think he starts slow every year in the fourth quarter. That's not true. I'm just saying the shooting and his slowness, I don't examine it by quarter. What I'm saying is he starts off slow for the season and then, you know, by five or six games and he gets better. So what I'm saying is I think that he would have gotten like that regardless of any change in the rotation. That's so all I'm arguing. That may or may not be true. I haven't looked at the numbers, but from what I remember. I, I didn't focus on fourth quarters only. In, 20, in 2016, he started off hot. 20, 2016 is he, one of the few years. On, one second, one second. 2016, he started off hot. 2017, he was cold because he was integrating KD. 2018, he started off hot. 2019, he started off 50-50-90. I remember that because he was in the MVP conversation. So I don't know about that. I'd have to check the numbers. I do. You have to look at it because I can't. I don't what I'm know saying the- is also true. Is Those are the patterns that happen. But specifically this year in the fourth quarter, he was struggling 
and then they change the rotations and now he has enough energy. Someone has already pulled the numbers. So I'll find the tweet and send it to you. What I'm saying is they did like 2016 is an outlier year. That's not normal for him. All the other years, the first five. Huh? 18 and 19. No, not just 18 and 19. Even whether you're attributing it to KD, why he started slow. I'm just saying he starts off slow the first. But he didn't start slow in 2018 and he didn't start slow in 2019 and 2016 those are three years okay so the numbers for those games you can look this up (laughs) you can look it up too the numbers for these games i have looked it up that's why i'm saying it because i looked it up look it up and send it i've seen the people who looked it up too because i did it what's his name grant liffman like tweeted the stat like oh what do you know look at this and there's also dre you know that guy who's like always into stats, you know, in, in Urkel spaces. And he's just like, no, he went through year by year and did the numbers. Like, that's what I'm saying. Like, it, it, I'm not saying this because I'm just arbitrarily saying it. Because I, <laughs> I, don't, I don't remember like these things from my memory, like the way people do. Like, I don't remember how stuff starts and finishes because it doesn't matter to me. But what I'm saying is that when people provide the, the stats for context, I'm just like, oh, well, he always starts slow. So, like, why are people making a big deal? So, what I'm saying, it was brought to my attention, and it was multiple years. And someone specifically was like, 2016 is, like, actually one of the outlier years. He doesn't normally start like that. So, whether it's down to the fourth quarter, I don't know. But I don't necessarily attribute, like, the rotation change to the reason why now he started like going off in the fourth quarter. What I'm saying is the ability to play more minutes, I think, and be like consistent is going to give him the ability to do that. And so what I'm saying is you can achieve that goal without it being like, I'm going to just pull you out in the middle of the first quarter. Cause like literally he'll be like in a rhythm and he'll just start hitting shots and then Kerr will take him out. You know, like that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense to me. And when really your only objective is to be able to have him play whole fourth quarters, right? That's the objective. And also to um, limit his minutes to 35 or whatever, 33, whatever the magic number is that Kerr has, right? So you could do that if you just lessen his minutes in the second quarter, right? That's like the least important quarter, and just let him play more in the fourth. Why do you have to keep breaking up the first quarter and breaking up the third quarter? Why does that have to happen? I just I just like the idea of uh, starting and ending quarters. That's really what I like. I like that distribution. So even in the fourth, I'm pretty sure if you guys had a big lead, he was still, re- not a big lead, a decent lead. He was still rest in the middle of the fourth. And then come right, back. he would have. He didn't. I feel like it, it's it's it's. I don't know. From what I've seen, it seems to keep him in rhythm at the end of the third, at least in the beginning of the fourth. So I just I like that because you guys lost a lot of games last year where he would just either go cold or sit way too many minutes. So if this is the compromise, it's working. It's working. So I'm like, why why tweak it any more than it is now when it's clearly working? And he gets to end quarters. The way I actually like it because even when I'm watching, I'm like, yo, Steph is starting the 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 fourth. <laughs> like it threw me off. I'm like, yeah, that's exactly what he needs to get in rhythm and just close these dudes out. And you guys are winning. So I just don't know what is well, I'm not complaining about it. What I'm saying yeah, is you. that I don't I'm not compl- no, I'm saying that we're winning, so it's probably not gonna change, but he doesn't like it. Steph has said it. And if my player doesn't like it, but I don't like when we're watching the games, you can visibly see like there's times it's like what this is like not 
it, it, it's I don't it, there I think a lot of other superstars uh a lot of other dudes who do that like they get out in the middle of the court and come back to end but I that's what they do right like I just I think I think my issue with Kurt is the rigidity of him feeling the need that it needs to be the same every game I think I would just prefer a coach who can like go by the games and look to say, okay, this is the right time to take someone out or not. Like you said, like him being sat too long would make him fall out of rhythm, but that's a function of Kerr just because he didn't want him to go over a certain number of minutes is what I'm saying. He didn't right. have to sit him as long as he did. So the, the, you'd, you'd the whole- You'd be surprised reason- how many other coaches do that with their superstars. You'd be surprised. It happens a lot, often where I see a lot of the other dudes uh, who follow the other teams or the fans like, yo, why isn't Paul George back in? Why isn't LeBron back in? Bring him back. Like it happens all the time. But if you think about the length of a season and you're trying to save him for the playoffs, quote unquote, I think it's a good idea. I really do. I think he needs his rest. I don't think these games are that important. If you guys were eight, uh, like if you lost five games, you'd be okay. But the fact that he's he's getting going in the fourth to me is way more important than that first quarter him finishing the whole first or the third i'd rather my argument isn't him playing more minutes my argument is that achieve that fourth quarter goal without it being choppy without it being disruptive without taking him out like like he'll hit like two straight threes and curves like oh okay it's the mark to take him out that's my point like i'm not disputing that i don't want him to play more in the fourth or that i want what i'm saying is can we do it in a way where it's not like oh this is the schedule i gotta take him out and like interrupt your own fucking run like they had started a third quarter run there were like tweets tonight like oh the warriors are 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 doing the third quarter warriors thing i think that was a ref thing though i think the officials messed up the run it wasn't steph coming out it was the officials like the you guys got a a tag i disagree and then a a bunch of uh foul calls some some ticky tacky in the third I think that was a ref thing this time. The refs definitely interrupted the flow of the game, but the the lead started to dwindle even before that when Kerr took him out. So again, like I said, they're winning. So it's not going to change while they're winning, but every time Steph is asked about it, he's like, we'll do it for now. It's working, but he's, he's made it clear that he doesn't like it. I haven't like watched it. those post games, so I, I yeah. haven't seen. He doesn't uh, like it, and I'm one. like, he's still someone who can trump it. He doesn't love it, and I think he's going to always know what's best for his rhythm, but, like, obviously, you know he's always been a team guy first, so, like, if the team is winning, he'll probably stick with it, but, you know, there have been the talks, like, how Steph has had some bad games, and and Steph still isn't like shooting the way like he normally does. I do think some of that has to do with- He's been on fire for the last like 10 games. He's been on, oh my God, what, what are they talking about? He's been- Jeremiah, on- I sometimes, I don't know how up to date you still are on the Warriors. There's been some, you know, not who's the whole t- last saying he's, Like he's been on, he's on 50, 40, 90s in, in the last nine, 10 games. I don't know what people are watching because he's been he's had some games where the shooting like he's just like it 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 hasn't all been overall Steph is playing well so I'm not trying to suggest that he's not right that's my guy what I'm saying is the last like 10 games if anyone I don't know if maybe I'm missing something he was he was shooting bad at the beginning but the last game the last I checked he was over 50 and then I like 46% from three. 
and then 95 and 33 a game. That's the last 10 games. So I don't know. That's what I'm saying. I think the rotation is Because he has some of those like super efficient games that like offset some others. So if you're just looking at them collectively as an average, that might say that, but there are some games in between there where it's like, eh, that's what I'm saying. Toronto one, I think that's about it, right? And is there any other one? I don't remember because I have to look at their last 10 games, but I know that <laughs> I know that as I am watching the games, I'm like, Ugh, uh, he's you trash know? Right now. yeah, I feel you. <laughs> yeah. So it's just, it's not, it's not the, it's, it's just not the, you know, it, 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 you can see that the rotation is affecting him, but it might be one of those things that like, once he just gets used to it, then it doesn't matter. Right. And then you'll see like a more consistent game throughout the game. Steph is a high variance player. Anyway, we know that. So maybe it's just not going to change. I don't know. All I I know is that he's, he's been as good as he was last year yet, which is crazy to say he's been better defensively than he was last year, but offensively, I don't think he's hit that his mark yet. I don't think he's in mid 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 season form yet, and he doesn't usually get there till around All Star, so that's right. fine. So I think I do think there's another level he's gonna get to, um, just from because last year that man he 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 reached a, like a higher level of consciousness, like with his play is crazy. So like watching him this year, I'm like, man, this is not the same guy, and he still looks like the best player in the league. He's got another level. There's another one there. Maybe it's a rotation. If he's if he doesn't like it, it might be part of it. But I think he if he embraces it, which I want him to personally, <laughs> I think he's gonna go off. He's gonna have one of those April months, like he just goes crazy. But yeah, I think I think a- ultimately we're both saying the same thing. Like we all yeah, want yeah. him to play. I think we're just trying to say, like, is there another way that Kerr can tweak the rotation to make it happen versus how he's doing it and maybe there's not but I don't know I don't know I think he just has to embrace it I really do I think this is the right way but I understand what you're saying but I I think this is the way to go I really do. I love watching him in the fourth quarter from the 12 minute mark. I right, love but why do we act like there's only one way to achieve that? There's always I just, multiple ways. I just told to you the something. only reason I like it is because he's starting quarters and ending quarters. That's the and only I I love that too. But I do not love when I see the man hit two threes in a row and then Kerr's like, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is I'm the with time. You. This is the time I take you out. Like that's fucking stupid to me. I'm with you, you know? on that. So yeah. if like if if Kerr could just be a little bit more looser with things and not so rigid, then I'd probably be fine with it. But I don't think he should mess with it until it stops working. I really don't. I think he should stick to it until something changes. I just think he don't don't mess with it right now. It's everything's working. Almost well, too. It's not my call anyway. It's your <laughs> call and it's he might he might call. watch this call. You never know. He might be like, you know what? I gotta change it up. I'm pretty sure they're not listening to nothing. I I know that Steve Kerr is not listening to anything I say because I am no. You know what we gotta do? We gotta tag Curry right after this and then see if he. Listen, I know we've been talking way long. This is the problem with talking to someone like you because me and you are talking like it's not a podcast. So yeah. By the way, it's been a couple hours, hasn't it? (laughs) Yeah, this is a a really long episode. It's a little different than my. 
Yes, OTS, produced by OTS. It's a little longer than I normally go, so we should wrap this up. I wanted to, though, just for the Suns and, and Warriors, do you think the, the Suns are winning both games? Do you agree with me that it's probably going to be a split? Where do you come down on that? I think it's going to be a split. I think each team wins at home. Um, so, yeah, I'm with you on that. Okay, and then you want the Suns to go all the way and win it because they're your team. But you do think that with the Warriors and having Clay coming back, that they are probably the, the team to right. beat, although that doesn't make them unbeatable. But you struggle to find, you know, a team that could really beat them. But if if there is, it's probably the Suns or the um the Bucks or the Heat, maybe, or the Nets, if Kyrie comes back. Is that right? It's just the Nets, if Kyrie comes back. That's the only team with a healthy clay, because the formula is there. You guys have a top one player. You have the uh, secondary star, and you have the best defense in the league. That's going to work in any era, any era. So... It's going to be the Nets because they have three legit superstars. And right now one is playing like a role player. So it's either them or nobody. If Clay comes back like himself, it's the Warriors or the field. I'm going to pick the Warriors in all honesty. Okay. Well, thank you, Jeremiah. We're probably going to keep talking. (laughs) We're going to keep, no, I do. I'm just like, I'm sorry. My mind is thinking about so many things. You, you, I told y'all, like, at the beginning of the show, Jeremiah drives me a little crazy, like, but those are those are the best people, honestly, to talk to because they challenge the way that you think and your thought process, and, you know, you can kind of get lost in your own world and how you think and being a Warriors fan, and so hearing someone who is, like, objective from the outside, who has a really good perspective, you know, point things out to you is always a good thing. So I'm never going to, even if I fight you on it, disagree with you on it, I appreciate you for it, Jeremiah. So thank you. I appreciate you having me on because, you know, I'm just a fan. So I really appreciate this. I love having basketball conversations. You know, we both love the NBA. So, you know, yeah. it's a great way to spend the night. It is. And I think fans are some of the best people to talk to. Like, I mean, fans can be neurotic and crazy and you're actually not one of those people I definitely can get into it um I think way more than you but (laughs) I think I think because we are fans our knowledge is discounted and how we understand the game and I also think fans of a team tend to know the team in and out more than like any other person like outside of the media that might cover that team but like I think a fan knows a team more than like the national media. You're following them in and out. You're watching everything that's happening to them. You know, all the interviews. So right. I, I love to get the fan perspective and I, I don't, I don't like to discount us. I don't like that. Like media will try to look down on us like, Oh, well, I just have all these fucking credentials. And so you, you're not <laughs> worth anything. I don't believe in that shit. So <laughs> yeah, for real. You know, so we're, I appreciate we're not, we're not trying to like uh, get gain any access to anybody. So we just say what what we mean. We say right. We mean. It's not access journalism. We 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 speak from the heart, and um, 
No, I appreciate everything that you bring. Um, I hope my listeners appreciate. I'm sorry that this was like a little bit of a longer show, but I, I think Jeremiah brings a lot, even if some of it is propaganda about the Suns. But <laughs> no facts, no propaganda. We- He's predicting a split. I think it will be a split. I hope that I'm wrong because I feel like I keep um I feel like I keep shortchanging my own team because every time I say it's gonna be a close game or it's gonna be competitive, it just hasn't been that. So I'm probably gonna get killed for saying that it's gonna be a split. But I, I do think the Suns are a good team. And so, you know, I think it'll, you know, a loss has to come at some point. Although I think most of the Warriors losses will never come against the teams we think that they should come against. So it may be the Suns, it may not be, but I think it's going to be a good game. I think it's going to be a chippy game. Like that light skin on y'all team Booker, he got a little like attitude on him. We already know how things go down between Steph and Chris Paul, Draymond. I think it's just going to be a lot of chippiness. I think it's going to be a great fun game and I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, it's going to be, it's going to be fun. I actually wanted to go through it, but can't do it. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll be there for Christmas. Anyway, Jeremiah, thank you for being on. Um, Thank you for blessing the show. Uh, I look forward to my team beating yours so I can come taunt you. Uh, (laughs) um, Really appreciate you being on. Listen, guys, follow the All Nat Pod. uh, Download it. Subscribe if you're on YouTube. It's available on all streaming platforms, Apple, Spotify, all those different places. Leave a five-star review. Leave me some comments. Let me know what you're thinking. That's all important. It helps me out. Appreciate you listening and your support. Until next time, take care, everyone.